We've got another shakeup in the top four this week. Big boy Ohio State going down. Is number one overrated? Overrated. Get out of here. Alabama. See you later. Let's get started. There you go. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Lift off. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to CJ's lovely basement in Lynn, Massachusetts. It is Between the Hashes. This is episode nine. Your host, John, here as always. CJ on my left, James on my right. Uh, Guys, how are we doing today? Fantastic. You're always fantastic, dude. Because I'm above ground instead of below it. That's true. I'll take it a notch below, but doing well. <laughs> doing well. <laughs> okay, CJ's not quite doing fantastic. He's doing well. Um, guys, I'm just going to jump right in. Ohio State lost. CJ. Wow. You've wanted this for weeks and weeks. Did you think it was coming against Purdue? Um, Don't say yes. Uh, well, no, no yes, no. yes. If I you listen to the last, last podcast, he called it. It was one of my games of the week, I, but I didn't think, to be completely honest, I think Purdue was going to blow Ohio State off the hinges. Um, impressive stat. Um, Ohio State is 3-5 and five in the last eight games versus Purdue. That's wow. incredible. That is incredible. Great stat line. Purdue to F you, Urban Meyer. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> See you later. Yep. So, I mean – Insane, insane home game for Purdue. They blew Ohio State's doors off. And we were talking about this during the game. Mm-hmm. It's like every possession Ohio State got the ball back. We were saying to each other, okay, this is the drive where they go right down the field, get a defensive stop, and turn the tides. Yep. And it just never happened. Purdue no. just ran train on them all night long. How how crazy was that game that um, that wide receiver missed that wide-open catch for a first down? They go to kick a field goal. They fake the field goal to get the first down, and then they score on the next play. Love it. Awesome. Love it. They're ready plums. Plum, plums no, aplenty. Nothing Nothing provides momentum, in my opinion, like special teams. Special teams gets overlooked a lot in football, college or pro. But if you get a block, if you get a big return, if you get a fake that picks up a first down or even scores a touchdown, that changes games more often than not. And Purdue is Exhibit A right there. Oh, yeah. That was so exciting to watch. I think the, the craziest thing is, so Purdue's best player, Rondell Moore, is only a freshman. That's insane. This kid it, this kid could win the Heisman eventually down the road. If if he plays like the way he has this year, he, Purdue's going to be a scary team to play down the line. Um, I, I think Purdue, Purdue played really well all year. I've watched them a few times this season. They, they're a tough team. It, it's just it's Big Ten football. You have these high-ranking teams come in at a night game at a home at a on an away game, and they just it it doesn't end well. It never ends well. I didn't see the upset coming, man. But wow, it was Ohio State's come close a few times. Oh, they would do. I think they would. We do. I think we had a feeling it was coming, especially after all the off-season crap and mm-hmm. and everything going on with that program there. Um, I I didn't see it coming this week, man. I, I thought they were going to cruise to the Big Ten title game. Um, maybe did they play Michigan before? Oh yeah, they were yeah. Okay, yeah. so I was thinking Michigan, but a little ahead of the Big Ten title game. Looking at their schedule, Nebraska going to be a win. Michigan State at home going to be a win. Hey, Nebraska has a win now. Be nice, <laughs> Nebraska win. <laughs> Michigan State at home win. 
Maryland at home win and then Michigan. So, I mean, we're thinking 10 and 0, 11 and 0, whatever that is going into Michigan. Yeah, and we've been 11 and 0. Maybe getting upset there at the big house. Um, I'm calling it. Both teams will be uh, 10 and 1 going into their matchup. That's going to so be easily, awesome. Easily. So, winner of that game is going to the Big Ten title game. Winner of the Big Ten East. Yep. That's how it's gonna There's be. no doubt. Who do you think wins the Big Ten West? Um, well, I would have to say, in terms of talent, it would have to be Wisconsin. You think so, still? I still think so. Um, that's Well, let's see. Northwestern right now has the edge, but I think Iowa's tough. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a long jam. I'm actually surprised at how good the West is. It's, it's all, usually always the East, the East, the East. The West is very tough. Um, I, but I, I think Wisconsin's going to pull out. I think Purdue would probably finish second. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Northwestern. Oh. I think they're going to have a very decent, decent year. I mean, playing Wisconsin this week. They are they, playing Wisconsin. I think the winner of that will be the winner of the I'm West. not that impressed with North, Northwestern. They, uh, they're up 17 over Michigan, and they just didn't close it out. I don't. I mean, they, I, in the, the game against Purdue, they, they pulled out. But, I, no, I don't see Northwestern having that upper, you know, upper, upper echelon talent. I like that pesky team that's going to hang around but can't close the deal. Yeah. Um, if, whoever wins the Big Ten West, I feel like, is the only thing they're playing for, basically, is spoiler to wipe the Big Ten out of the, much. Out of the college football Pretty playoffs. Pretty much. Because if the Big Ten West wins the Big Ten, the Big Ten isn't sending a representative into the playoff. 100%. So, that I mean, that's kind of a neat little storyline developing there. Because, I, I mean, Wisconsin – Wisconsin struggles. They got their doors blown off by Michigan. They're, I think they were vastly overrated coming into this year, especially starting the year at four. Yeah. I think they could hang with any of those teams in the Big Ten just because it's Big Ten football. So, I mean, I think they could seriously play spoiler if they end up making it to that Big Ten title game and you just have to win one game to knock somebody out. The Big Ten's the conference where that's going to happen, in my opinion. Now, if Michigan were to beat Ohio State and make it to the Big Ten championship game, Wisconsin, what's scared me the most? Um, Purdue, I could see being a wild card. Northwestern really wouldn't scare me. I, I would, Iowa's tough too, but you take Iowa out of Iowa City, they don't scare me as it's much different. as they. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. totally different ball game. So, I think yeah, Wisconsin, man, I'm, I wouldn't look forward to playing them in Indy. I th- yeah, I think the only team that would really scare me, whether it be home or away, would be Wisconsin, just because of. No, I just think they had that one bad game that they have every year against Michigan. I mean, with Jonathan Taylor, they just have the ability to take over any game. If they score first against Michigan and they're cramming the ball down their throat all game, that's a different game. Yeah. If they fall behind, like we've talked about before, and you got to rely on Hornybrook to yeah. to bring you back, it's not going to happen. But it's one of those things, you know, say Wisconsin makes it to the Big Ten title game, they're playing Ohio State, they're playing Michigan. If they receive the ball to start the game, they drive down, they score at seven nothing. If they get a stop, they get good field position, they're driving down again. I don't want to face that team. I, I don't want to go against that offensive line and that running back uh down two scores. No. That's that's the recipe to win, and that's the only way that they can do it. I mean, that's just straight up Wisconsin football. Running backs and O line. That is what that's that is their bread and butter. They've been known to have dominant, dominant offensive lines and running backs for for forever. Like well, you said that um, Wisconsin's been a huge disappointment, so I just want to know, who do you think's been one of the biggest disappointments this year in college football? 
I, I mean, Wisconsin's been disappointing. I think they were just overrated from the start. Um, that's a tough one. I did. Penn State has been really disappointing, I think. I, I, losing Saquon Barkley is big, but got another year uh, under Trace McSorley's belt. They were, they were right on the cusp of making it to the playoff last year. I thought that they were... I thought that they were going to take that next step and challenge Michigan and challenge Ohio State, and they just they kind of fell off more than I thought they were going to. Yeah, Penn State, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I thought um, – well, I mean, I guess it was a little telling. I mean, the, the first match, the, uh, the first game week one was a uh, close one versus App State. They almost lost. App State took them to the end. What was it, 41-38, I think? Newly ranked App State. Exactly. Very impressive. <laughs> Sunbelt. Got to love the Sunbelt. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I shouldn't have been so surprised that they would fall the way they did. But, th- you, I mean, you could have argued that they should have beaten Ohio State. It was close. Yeah, it was right there. They had the lead late. Yeah. But Michigan State, that was a tough one. And now that Michigan State just got their asses handed to them by Michigan, <laughs> uh, that loss just looks bad. Yeah, Penn, I, would, I could see how Penn State would be definitely disappointing. I mean, I, I predicted Miami making the CFP, but – I was they've been ghosts. They've been. It, I don't know what happened. I mean, I bought into the hype last year with the, <laughs> the turnover chain, and I mean, the turnover chain. The back. Back. I, I thought the U was back. They looked mean, and I mean, I know they had a very uh, bad ending at the end of last year, but I I thought that going into this year they were going to be um, a force to be reckoned with, and I was I was bamboozled. I was with you, buddy. I had them going to the football playoffs, so feel you, Ben. Although I. I said Penn State initially. I think Washington too. I I had high hopes for Washington, and they've just. <laughs> I, but I see. I I wouldn't count out Washington just yet. I mean, they're still up there. They're still highly ranked. They're um. Are they fifteen? Um, fifteen. Yes. But that's one of those things. You know, if it ends up being Wisconsin or Iowa knocking out the Michigan or the Ohio State, does a Pac-12 team sneak in? That's that's the only way. Somebody like was uh, like Washington could hope to get in. I don't. I think the Pac-12's chances died with Oregon losing to Wazoo. I think the ship sailed. Yeah, that was that was that was their best bet. Um, I don't see Wazoo getting in. No, no uh, way, no way, no way. Uh, did you want to talk about Michigan, Michigan State? Um, onwards and upwards. Big win for you guys. Um, I love it. This team is. I I, I can't believe. I knew this was going to be a good team. I thought maybe the 2016 team was better than this team, but I think this team is better than them. I think Shea Patterson is a fantastic quarterback. I think he's a beast. You feed him the ball, this kid will just eat up yards. I'm, this this defense, I, I don't even know where to begin, man. I'm just... <laughs> the defense season, is awesome. Cloud nine. Their uh, their skill position guys are a lot better gosh, than I man. thought too. It's something you don't particularly see in the Big Ten either. People's Jones is a stud. Yep, he's mostly a return man, but he has he's had a few catches this year, like the one during uh, the Michigan State game. He has a ton of potential. He's a five star recruit coming out. He can play. Yeah, he's a uh, he doesn't seem to be in every play, but I mean, when they need a big play, he's yeah, there. He steps up. He's yeah, he's. Being a very clutch receiver for them, I would say if you need a play like on the regular, you think Nico Collins is probably more reliable. Nick Eubanks, uh, Gentry, the tight ends, but yeah, 
he has he's he's a home run hitter. DP, DPJ. That's part of that whole game. You want to talk Big Ten football weather? Yeah. You got pouring uh-huh. rain. You got a lightning delay. You got a. Did it snow in that game? I know it snowed in Wisconsin. Um, I believe it did. Had a little bit of a flurry. We had sun. We had wind. We had hail. Hail. <laughs> I mean, we're playing weather bingo at the Michigan game. They got everything. Yeah, but what I love seeing most is seeing a field completely covered in snow. Oh, it's the best. Love it. Give it to me. It's the best, man. And then uh, you get the guys falling down, doing a face plant, sliding a couple of yards and getting up, and their face mask is full of junk and snow. Yeah. And, oh, man. It was like Wisconsin putting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> slide over there. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I mean, weather ball is coming back, man. Where it's – Almost at that time to turn the uh, calendars over to November. Thanksgiving's coming. This is when that sloppy cold football is coming, and I can't wait for it. It's my uh, my favorite time of the year. Midwestern football, man. This is what it's all about. So, uh, new top 25. Ohio State going down. Uh, Clemson bumps up on to number two. Cheer, cheer for old Notre Dame. Bumps up to number three. Woo. LSU bumps up to four. And Michigan's right outside looking in the window at number five. Get it. Our guys, Texas, number six. Hook them on. Wow. This is going to be some some interesting football to end this year. Man, that that top six or seven, uh, that's looking interesting. I can't wait to see how this thing plays out. Who would have thought Texas would be in the top ten? Not me. Go back and listen. I definitely did not. I will eat crow on that one. If you said you think Texas is going to be in top ten, you're lying to yourself. Yeah. yeah actually, yeah. Fun, fun story. Robert Smith on Fox Sports actually picked Texas at the beginning of the season to win the national title game, and he was laughed at. Now wow. the man is looking like a possible genius. Okay. <laughs> yep. I gotta. I gotta give it to him. I, even I was like, "There's no effing way." And Texas. Hey, Texas is legit. We say it every week, man. They just keep winning. They keep winning. I I don't know if they're going to be able to carry it through. They're going to have to win a couple big games here to jump into that top four. Um, but they also they, need some help to get in. They're going to the need four. some help. Um, you know what would help them? Alabama takes a loss at LSU. Huge. That'd be huge. That would be huge. I'm already pumped up for this. Game. I think it would be huge. No, that'd be nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if we want to get into this. Um, which get us, I was, get on your us with the Levitan okay, rant, please. Okay, go on, go. go on. Here I go. Um, Alabama, yeah, great team, very skillful all the way through. Well coached. Here comes a butt. But <laughs> I don't think they should be ranked number one right now, strictly because of strength of schedule. Tell me strictly more. Tell me more. Because who have they faced? Who have they faced this year that actually has been? A worthy opponent. A&M. The only one is Texas A&M in their 16, and I think that's a general, uh, a generous ranking at 16. I think that's very generous of them. But they played Louisville. They suck. Arkansas State. They suck. Mississippi. They suck. Uh, Arkansas. Get out of here. L.A. Lafayette might as well be North Shore Community College. <laughs> I mean, and it's they're being praised for all these wins because. Granted, they are blowing them out, and Tua has not thrown a pass that hasn't been a dime. I'll give credit where credit is due. Tua looked awesome oh, this two, entirety two is, this year. Tua's the Heisman winner at this point. Easily. 100%. Easily. I don't see anybody even catching him at this point. He also no. hasn't played a play in the fourth quarter yet, which is outrageous. Unbelievable. Right. <laughs> right. It's not his fault, though. You can't yeah, follow him. Look, look at the schedule. I mean, he could Yeah, I wasn't saying that as a dig on oh, Tua. I, I just – I mean, holy crap. Yeah. In which – I 
earlier uh earlier last week i was well yeah well earlier last week i was so um upset about this and i figured alabama is gonna go they're gonna go undefeated because now they got two weeks to prepare for lsu and lsu is only gonna have one week i will sit here and stand corrected because lsu is also on their bye week we have number one versus number five both on bye weeks it's like they got a playoff first round bye to prepare for each other they know who's gonna face i am so excited for this game go tigers baby so and this is where my college football uh lack of knowledge is going to show um alabama and lsu are they in the same division in the sec they are both in the west i believe let me double check because i'm saying is this okay so this is not an sec championship no basically whoever wins this game will basically control their own destiny to win the west right but i'm saying they're not no they they can't meet each other again right okay Man, that would have been exciting. It could mean the playoffs. Right, right, right. But I'm yes. saying, yeah, okay. So, Because I was going to say, if they can play again later, then one of them is going to be knocked out of the top four in all likelihood. Yes, 100%. Now, it's probably going to be um, the winner of this game, Alabama or LSU versus probably Georgia for the SEC championship. Gotcha. You think Georgia? I think – I, I don't know. You're going Gators? I, I'm leaning Gators, man. They're they're rising up pretty quick too. We a lot of talk about Texas storming up the uh, up the charts the last couple of weeks. And Florida's right there too. They've won a few big games. Just like Texas has Herman uh, Dan Mullen is a he's been a huge addition to the Gators. Man, we beat them last year at uh, Jerry World, and they looked like shit. And and I mean, obviously, I know years transpired, but new head coach comes in and makes a world of difference. Really does. So uh, Florida Georgia next week. It's really the one game that I kind of highlighted as looking forward to next week. There weren't too, too many that jumped out to me. No. Unless you guys want to pitch in and, and nominate something else. But big-time SEC battle, SEC East, is it? Yeah, uh, yes, Georgia. Um, so that, I mean, winner of this game in all likelihood probably controls their own destiny, just like LSU and, and Alabama do next week. Um, be interesting to see who comes out on top. Is this going to be one of those um, neutral site games, or is this in Georgia? Oh, no, it's always in Jacksonville. Oh, it is. Okay. Interesting. So, um, I mean, I, I personally, I, I'm really leaning Florida. I just think, I think Georgia, that loss against LSU, I feel like that's going to just, it's going to weigh on them all season. I, I think Florida's hot. Um, Florida lost early in the season. When did they lose? Uh, oh, yeah, to Kentucky. And Kentucky's ranked really high, too. So they have a quality loss. Obviously, Georgia's is just two. But theirs is most recent. I, I mean, I, I got to lean Florida. I'm going Georgia. Go Bulldogs. How do you guys think it affects a team like Georgia, ranked in the top three or four all year in the preseason polls coming in? That loss has to affect them more, I would think, than a team like Florida that maybe didn't have the same expectations coming in. Yes. I, I mean – if you're coming into the season ranked top four, I, I think you're expecting to go undefeated to win your conference and to be playing in the in the college football playoff. Now, Georgia's got to win some games and they need some help to get back into that spot. It, it's got to alter your mindset, your mindset a little bit. I'm looking at Georgia's schedule with the exception of UMass. They got they got a tough road ahead of them. Uh, they got Florida, Kentucky, Auburn, which. 
they, I know they're a disappointment, but they could play spoiler. Yeah. If George is rising, they keep winning these games, and they want to get one of those those top four. They could definitely play the role of spoiler. Um, I mean, it, it's 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 just been a really good year. It's been very unpredictable. Just when you think you know what's going to happen, boom, something crazy just happens. Like you, like a Kentucky comes out of nowhere, or and conference matchups are always wild cards too. They yeah. they know each other better than any other team. They always get up for those games. Uh, it, you can't take anything for granted in conference matchups, especially when there's so much on the line for one of them, yeah. and the other one wants to play spoiler so damn bad. Mm-hmm. Um, that that that's a that's a big determining factor. Sometimes. I mean, the only uh, the only other game this uh, this upcoming week would be Northwestern and Wisconsin, another conference game, mm-hmm. and so that's going to have huge implications to who's going to go on and. Uh, win that division and I mean with Wisconsin looking not so good I might have to put my money on Northwestern well the winner of that game basically is I think we mentioned this earlier but it's gonna win it's gonna control the Big Ten West right I mean Purdue's not far behind but neither is Iowa but I, I think I gotta I got go badges on that one I think like I said before they got a ton of talent uh, um the Michigan loss is going to look like a quality loss, even though they got their asses handed to them. <laughs> if Michigan keeps winning, I think. Yeah, if you lose to a 10 and 1, yeah. 11 and 1 team or whatever it comes out to be. Um, at their home stadium, too. If it was an away, you know, if they were at home and they lost, that would, it would kill them. But no, I think Wisconsin's just going to be all right. For sure. Turning the page, moving on to NFL Week 7. Uh, we get some playoff pictures starting to form. We get some teams starting to take control over the divisions. A lot of storylines going on in the NFL. Um, I want to ask you how your playoff-bound Cleveland Browns are doing so far this year. Hmm. Uh, to put it simply is <laughs> god-awful. <laughs> god-awful. Like, it, it, uh, most disappointing team for me. I had such high hopes going into the season, and they like they love going into overtime and then just losing. I'm pretty sure they think it's the NHL where they still get points based on rankings <laughs> if they make it in overtime. Hugh Jackson. Yep. I told you. Loser franchises stay losing. He's got to be standing on thin ice over an open plane right now. I'm not sure that how – That would be the biggest understatement of all time. I'm not sure how he wasn't standing on thin ice when they were one in thirty-one at the end of last year. Because Jimmy Haslam is an idiot, terrible owner. Like you said, loser franchise man. That's just it's, it's, in, ugh, it's ingrained into him. And the thing is, it's the suck is just seeping in the walls <laughs> in that fran- in that facility. So I, I thought um, once the Cavs actually broke the Cleveland curse, <laughs> I thought maybe there was a standing chance for Cleveland to do something, but. But then LeBron bailed and brought it back. LeBron again. Yep, that's it. Um, Well, because, well, the Cavaliers won. Cleveland made it to the World Series. They lost. But all signs signs were pointing up in Cleveland. And then it was, the world was like, oh, wait, no, this is Cleveland. Let's leave it to Hugh Jackson. Well, you can't even, I don't even know if you can necessarily blame Hugh Jackson. I know he's a huge part of the puzzle. But you bring in Todd Haley. Who basically forced his way out of Pittsburgh? He did <laughs> Him not, and Ben hated, hated each, each other. other. I mean, and then, and then Greg Williams, who you know, coming off Bounty Gate, 
you know, he's never been the same either. So you're, you're bringing in these two guys wounded. It, it's just, I, I don't know what you're doing. I, I think with Baker Mayfield, you draft this kid number one overall. Why put him in a position where you might be forced to give up on the head coach halfway through the season? Learn a whole new system after you replace him. No. Yes. Well, now this goes back to our few weeks ago when Mayfield finally got to start. And I said, Taylor should be starting because it's still a dumpster fire. Well, I didn't say because it's still a dumpster fire, but I was like, it still might be too soon to start Baker Mayfield. Well, what's Baker's record? Two and two? When's yeah. it not a QB stat? I'm just saying with him, I know, but I'm saying with him at the helm compared to, to Tyrod Taylor, I think you had to take a chance on the younger kid. You know, the Browns are going to Brown anyway. I know you had them going 500. That was, there was, it was, I had them it was going a long shot. More than 500. Yeah, but it was a long shot and a half to begin with. I mean, you kind of knew that Cleveland was going to bottom out. Yeah, they finally got a win. You know, woohoo. You know, they're not the laughing stock of the league anymore, but they got two. <laughs> but that's my point exactly and a tie <laughs> I actually I, I, this maybe it's crazy maybe it's not I think the building blocks are still there they oh, got yeah. they got John Dorsey at, D, at GM who is wheeling and dealing awesome. and dealing his past two years he drafted Patrick Mahomes with mm-hmm. Kansas City and now has drafted Baker Mayfield so, and Denzel Ward Denzel Ward's a knockout pick too I think you should fire the head coach put back in Taylor you'll Sit Mayfield, let him not destroy his career, and then you try to find a new coach next year. I then uh, the worms are out though. That you know what I mean. That's that that ship sailed. You can't bench him now. Oh yeah, that would ruin his career. You his just psyche can't. Would just fizzle. Can't do that. You just can't. And they just they messed up with Jackson. Man, he he stinks. He's so bad. We knew this watching Hard Knocks. Yep. That he's mm-hmm. not a leader. He's an idiot. Oh, he looked terrible. He has he looked he horrendous. Has no idea the pulse of his team. He's just a bad coach. He's got bad coordinators. Williams is okay, like you said. He's coming off the bounty gate and all that crap. Yeah. Their defense has been has been decent. They've got they've got weapons. And Joku is for real. Nick yeah. Chubb looks like he's for real. Mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry is as good as it comes. I yeah. think Mayfield's going to be really good. I think he's looked great. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is awesome. Yeah. Denzel Ward. I, a team takes on the identity of its coach, and their coach is a loser. So they <laughs> are going to be losers until they get rid of him. It's all it comes down to. Yeah. No, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who comes into Cleveland next year. Turns that team around. You're going to need a coach. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's so hard. It's so hard to find a new coach like that. Look at all the ones that struggle all over them. Pat Shermer stinks. Frank Reich stinks. Yeah. Uh, they're they're struggling across the board. You need somebody like McVeigh or somebody like uh, um, Matt Nagy or somebody to come in and light things up. Imagine Baker Mayfield with Matt Nagy running that offense that Chicago's trying to run with Trubisky. That'd be awesome. I, I think he'd be thrive in that. I think he'd be so good in that. I think he'd be good with McVeigh. I think McVeigh could look me to look good as an NFL quarterback. <laughs> but, um, speaking of Pat Shermer, speaking of those Giants. Giants drop another one against Atlanta, Monday Night Football. Offense looks terrible. Defense actually looked okay. Um, that team is just a mess, man. That that mismanagement of the clock at the end of the game. Uh, <laughs> Eli running two quarterback sneaks at the goal line with a minute left with no timeouts and bleeding the entire play clock down. Um, scoring a touchdown with five seconds left. 
getting the two-point conversion with Saquon Barkley, screwing one James Wall on Atlanta minus four. <laughs> it was it was a disaster. It was a disaster. You you follow the Giants. What's yes. your what's your take on the state of the blue? Uh state of the blue, I, I like I said before, Giants passed up on the base need in the draft to draft Saquon Barkley. Now, I'm going to view this, I'm going to use this in a basketball term. This is um, like when the Thunder drafted Kevin Durant to then get Russell Westbrook. I think the Giants, the Giants are going to finish in the top three. I think they, you got to take a quarterback. Eli is so overrated. And my father would be rolling in his grave right now if you ever heard me say that. <laughs> but outside of their Super Bowl wins, Eli is just an average quarterback at best. He's a fish in the pocket. He takes up space. He doesn't know what he's doing. He does not fit. Shermer ran an electric offense in Minnesota. With Case Keenum. Exactly. And <laughs> if he can do it with Case Keenum, Eli is is much more talented than, than Case Keenum, and he looks completely lost. you got to move on from Eli. Just drop, bottom out. Just let the fire sale happen. You know, I just moved on from Eli Apple. Eric, Eric, um, Eric Flowers left. They, they cut him earlier in the season. Just I, I say, mortgage for the future. So last year, former Packers offensive coordinator, mustached aficionado, still rocking the mushroom cut even though he's forty something years old. Ben McAdoo <laughs> benches Eli Manning, ends his uh, yeah. consecutive start streak, far and away the closest one to coming to Favre and and Favre's start uh, start streak. McAdoo might have had it right. And he got crushed for it. And he got run out of town for it. I think <laughs> McAdoo might have got it right. I don't think they had the guy behind Eli who's going to be the guy. No, so that was a lose-lose. No. But I think he had it right that it was time to move on from Eli Manning. And I think he paid the price for making that decision. And I think the Giants are now paying the price for, um, I guess, pushing back on that decision. Because they're, they're, they're in no man's land. I mean, I can't even fault him for taking take one at two, though. No, he was it's, the best available, man. He was he the best was, available, and... Kid's going to be a stud for years to come. It's, that's tough. I mean, pretty much, I'm not really happy with, besides Baker, any other quarterback that came out of this draft this year. I mean, there's a couple of them that were taken late that might show promise in years to come, but... Jackson's I mean, been all right in Baltimore. I know he hasn't really... Lamar, he's lot, he, they're using him like he was in college, which is just an option quarterback. I don't even see him as a threat in the pocket. But the NFL is it's, it's becoming more modern. It's it, the, the college offenses are translating well into the NFLs now. It's you know it's a different ball game. That that quarterback will, can succeed in the NFL. Now. Yeah, I thought the same thing when the Wildcat was a big thing in the NFL, and that fizzled out real quick. Oh, please. I just I I have a hard time taking a running back at two when you can get a good one so much later on. Denver got Philip Lindsay for nothing as a free agent, and he's been a stud. And they, they drafted Freeman too. They drafted Royce Freeman ahead of him, and Lindsay's better. I don't know why Lindsay doesn't touch the ball every single possession. All right, but what no, no, in theory, let's say what if Saquon ends up being a better version of Tiki Barber? You know, stays with the team for ten years. Let's say he rushes for 1,200 yards, uh, I'm sorry, 12,000 career yards, you know, 80, 90 touchdowns, successful career. You, would you consider it a flop then? I was not expecting a Tiki Barber reference when I came over to your house hey. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, 
fan of the blue? I mean, I don't know. You could. It's a good question, though, right? It is a good question. I'm just thinking you Maybe. could you could piece together five backs over that time to get twelve thousand yards and ninety touchdowns, though. He the kid, he's from the Bronx. I I, I don't think he's going to ever want to leave. <laughs> Better hope not. <laughs> Better hope not. I mean, I'm kind of loving this right now. I hate the Giants with a passion. It's not even for the Super Bowls. It's just I've never liked the Giants whatsoever. Even being a pass fan and having the Jets in my division, I hate that the Giants are probably my second least favorite New York team. Yankees obviously being number one. I thought you were going to just say team in general, and I was very intrigued that your least favorite football team was. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Using that much draft capital and then the money it's going to take to keep him is a lot. It'll be interesting to see how they play that out. They need a franchise guy is, is what it comes down to. Is Herbert that guy? Now, I, I really – if the, let's say the Giants get the first pick, they're going to go quarterback. Nobody they have to. Who, I mean – Right? But, but, I mean, is, is Herbert is that Herbert, guy? Is Herbert the number one overall draft pick? He's looked good from, from, I mean, from what we've watched in college, he looked pretty well. He looked like he would translate well with Saquon and OBJ and Ingram. That'd be, that'd be a fun offense. Definitely what the Giants need. It'd be the polar opposite of Eli. Yeah, but I don't even see, I don't see him going number one overall. And I don't know if there's a way they can trade out of one to get two or three or. The, the thing with the Giants too is their offensive line is so bad. Uh, on flowers. Oh. Flowers was a miss, but but I mean, Solder. <laughs> Solder's been bad. Solder so bad. Bad. Belichick's laughing. I'm just looking at Barkley now. Imagine if Barkley was behind a line like Dallas had with Zeke a couple of years ago. Ooh. I mean, I mean, and look at how good that offensive line made Dak look. Dak is not good. No. Dak sticks. No. I, I'm shocked. I'm furious. Because there's been so many reports that Dak has nobody to throw to. But Cole Beasley's been open on 80% of his routes. The guy just gets open, and Dak just doesn't throw the ball. Yeah, but Cole Beasley's not a sexy name. Like, So they bring in Cooper. This is Cooper's a fantasy just... complaint, first of all, before we go forward. Yeah. That has yeah, little to <laughs> Everything do with it. Everything to, well, to do with it. But Cooper's a sexy name. You know, four, number four overall pick. It was a beast in college, you know. He is the he's the Dez, you know. He's the bona fide, you know, wide receiver diva. I'm not calling him a diva, but like he just fits that position. Cole Beasley is just like an afterthought, you know, like a Miles. He'll move the chain exactly, so. like a Miles Austin. You know, yeah. the Cowboys always have those receivers where you're like, how do you succeed? The Bryce yeah. Butlers and the yes. Terrence Williams and mm-hmm. all those guys. Uh, speaking of Cooper, Amari Cooper, enormous trade in the NFL wow. this past week. For a first round, for a first round pick, Oakland sends Amari Cooper over to Dallas. John Gruden is playing Madden, create a franchise. Five uh, first round picks within the next two years. And we were, I mean, I was very overly criticizing him of trading away Mac and now oh, I still Cooper. Am. Yeah, but still. now, like, you kind of sit back and look, and there might be a plan up his sleeve where he was. Didn't want Mac because <laughs> they couldn't agree on. Terry. I don't think it's going to be a good plan. <laughs> I don't think but I know he has a plan though. But he has a lot of draft capital now going into the next draft, and as to where where they're going to sit, they could get Bosa and then trade up to get another guy 
and then they could be sitting pretty in the next couple of years with so, a lot of young talent. I know we talked about this yesterday. At, at this current point in the season, they are projected to have three picks within the top 15. So, like you said, Bosa's, they, they need edge rusher. Uh, they need an edge rusher. And then they can trade away the other two first for two other actual players who are proven in the NFL. Uh, the way to teams that want to trade up. I have a feeling Chucky is actually going to use those picks. I think it's. I think he's in it for the long haul. He's. I mean, he's got a ten-year contract, and I know we've discussed this before. Mark Davis is not going to give up on him. He's here for the haul. I think he just wants to build this from the ground up. I, I don't know what his vision is. I think he's trying to get enough picks to trade for Khalil Mack. He'll give Mac away for two first round picks and then spend three getting them back. Shit. (laughs) I mean, three three top fifteen picks is just insane. Um, wide receivers not that deep this year though in the draft, and that now that's going to be a big need. Yeah, if I'm Dallas, I don't know why I'm spending a first round pick on a guy who's been in the league for three or four years and has the drops. Yeah. Give me a kid who's 22 coming out who I have control over for five years, even if you want to take one in the first round. I mean, what's Cooper on his fourth year? So yes. I, I don't know if he has an option on his contract, or he must if he's a first-round pick. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a year or two away from a big payday, whereas you could have a kid to come in and learn your system, and you have him for five years. So uh, now i got to ask, who got who, who made the better deal? Pats for Gordon or Cowboys for Cooper? Oh, Pats, oh, Pats for, for Gordon. Gordon. It's not even close. He's, and I'm amazed at how well he's getting his playbook so quickly. It's absurd that they got him for that, and he pick. looks it's absurd. absurd. That and the amount of weed he has killing his lungs because on that open where he had the <laughs> field open to him, he looked like he was just jogging in place. You ever read about his backstory, Josh Gordon? No, about how he never played a game sober in his yep. life or something like read that. Read it, read up on it. It's that's crazy. This kid's been through a lot. That's insane. Like all three, he didn't play one game in college either. Oh. Uh, every single game in college, he was either high or drunk. When he really? played. And Baylor, is, it was like the Wild Wild West back in the day when he played. Yeah. You can imagine how good he could have been if he wasn't friggin' drunk every time he got out there. Um, and I wonder if he's still I mean, uh, he, under the influence. He or? must be getting tested no, every other day. No, he was getting drunk tested all yeah. the time, dude. He couldn't. I'm good for him. I hope he figures it out. It, He's an unbelievable talent. It's insane way. that the Patriots got their best receiver for a fifth round pick. And Cooper but, did get the fifth year option. Sorry to interrupt. Was that exercised already? Yes. Okay. Um, so they got him for two years, yes. right? Fourth 20, and fifth. Twenty twenty, the unrestricted free agent. Okay. But it's. I think what was best for him is to go to New England. Yeah, it wouldn't have been a better fit. That well, yeah, because they actually have a structure in place and not just a team who's trying to figure it out like the Browns year in and year out. Now I'm going to play conspiracy theorist. Do you think there was a back? There was a handshake agreement. When the Pats traded Jamie Collins to the Browns, that once Gordon got his shit together, mm, look at you. Did, is, is that, I'm sure. I mean, that was a lopsided trade. When, what do we get? A third round pick. The only Jamie thing I, it's that spanned a couple GMs though. That's oh, yeah, the that only thing that makes it Dorsey. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't Dorsey. But I like where your head's at. Mm, going deep. Um, yeah, it, just going back to Dallas again, man. It it, it takes a lot to be in a trade with John Gruden and lose that trade. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. Touche Stephen Jones. Nice job, my man. Um, one more one more game I wanted to touch on strictly for the storylines was Houston-Jacksonville. Uh, I was on Jacksonville at home. I got that wrong. You guys nailed Houston. Mm-hmm. Houston, four straight wins after starting the year 0-3. We all thought they were dead, especially with how Jacksonville started. 
uh, had that big win against the Patriots. Jacksonville started out hot. Um, Blake Bortles getting benched in this game for Cody Kessler. Doug Marone came out and said that Blake will be their starting quarterback moving forward, so there's not going to be a changing of the guard there. Take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, but he also said Cody's going to get first-team reps because he's not confident, and that's how you ruin everything in your franchise. Doug Marone's the same guy who also said he hasn't watched Super Bowl because he wasn't in it. It hurts him too much. This guy is full of shit. Take it for what it's worth. I, I, I wouldn't buy into that. Didn't he also pull a Belichick and sign his extension with the Bills and then quit or something to take what the Jaguars job? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I thought that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, real interesting, Deshaun Watson is starting to look more and more like the quarterback we saw last year before the injury, but he's been banged up all year. We start in that Cowboys game where he comes off the field and goes into the blue medical tent every possession, and they're checking him with a stethoscope because he's got stuff going on with his lungs. Yep. He rode a bus to Jacksonville from Houston, 12 or 13 hours to the game, because the team was worried about what flying in an airplane with the change in pressure would do to his lungs. How do you let a guy play a professional football game with professional defenders trying to kill you every play when you don't think the guy can survive an airplane ride? Oh, that was all him. I, I don't put yeah. that on the team. That's him. That's high. That's, that that's is insane. Hard. Yeah, that's it's on the team to clear him, though. Oh, no, I agree, <laughs> but uh, you know he's pushing for it. He's not like saying "sit me, sit me." He's like, "Yeah, I want to." My ass is out on that field. They always say though that the job of the trainers is to protect the players from themselves. I I think that's wild that he played in that game. I mean, come on, you advise. You, you shit slides through the cracks <laughs> all the time. They choose not to. They, yeah. they choose to look what about Dak? You mean like Dak Prescott? Yeah, yes, exactly. The yeah, and then he's coming onto the field with smelling salts because he's still alive. <laughs> still love that. No concussion, my yeah, mm-hmm. my uh, rear end. Um, Good one. Yeah, save myself there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of Jacksonville, real disappointing start for them. Philadelphia Eagles. We oh. uh, we kind of called that they were going to take a bounce, uh, step back, especially after the high note of winning the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Really embraced the underdog role last year and, and won the whole thing with it. Three and four start is not what I was expecting from Philly. I thought they were going to run away with this division. No, and it doesn't look good when you give up 21 points in the fourth quarter. 17-point lead in the fourth quarter against Carolina. 17 nothing, And they end up losing that game. No, I think, um, I think Philly lost his edge a little bit. Now that they won that title, I think... It's the hangover year. It always, yeah. always happens. Well, I mean, we all knew, you know, the transition from Foles to start the season going into Wentz. It was going to be tough, you know, him coming off the ACL. It was obviously going to be some minor setbacks, no training. He didn't do training camp, this and that. But Philly, Philly just can't close. That's the thing. Philly just has not been able to close this year. And Wentz coming off the season where if he stayed healthy, he was the MVP. No doubt. So, I mean, you expect him to repeat that same at least a similar season, and he just hasn't done it yet. I figured, I figured it was just because he's getting into it slow. I mean, the first few weeks were his training camp, and he's trying to get his bearings. And I figured by now, he'd at least be somewhat of his last year self. But it, I just don't see it. Yeah, and Washington has taken that division by storm. They're they're winning big games. They crushed the Packers a couple weeks ago. Just won a big game with Dallas. They're there are a couple games yeah, they up on really squeezed that one out by Dallas. I like they I, I they didn't. Win. They didn't look really that good against a 
not so good Dallas team, but they still found a way to win. I saw a stat. This could I forget the specifics. The Redskins have alternated wins and losses for like twenty straight weeks or something like that. They haven't won two in a row or lost two in a row in over a year or so. It's something crazy along those lines. I can't remember what it was. Are you serious? Yeah. It, it, it was, and they showed a graphic of it during the Cowboys game, where it was like their previous two games they were one and one, the previous four they were two and two, the previous six they were three and three. Um, just hilarious. What's well, the mediocrity it. of the uh, NFC East? It's a bloodbath, but you, you know, no one's coming out with a, a, no more than ten or eleven wins. That's yeah. just the way it is. I'm changing my tune, man. I, I think Washington walks away with that division now. I think. I think so. Uh, you don't think anybody catches them? No. Nope. I, I think Dallas stinks. I think the Giants stink. And I think I feel he's digging themselves too big a hole. I, they're two or three games back now. Um, so they're going to have to start winning some games. Granted, they haven't played each other, I don't think. So Philly's got two games against Washington still. Yeah, they haven't played each other yet. Yeah, Washington 4 and 2, Philly 3 and 4. So two games in the loss column with one less game played. I think um, I personally, I, I, I think he just can't give up on Philly just yet. I think, I think Wentz. Uh, you got to give Wentz his due. I mean, he, he's gonna. He, he has to replicate in some capacity. I, I just. I, I don't buy into Alex Smith. I think most underappreciated quarterback, he, maybe of our generation, which probably, he is. Probably. I will give him his due, but I. I just don't think he can get him to that next level. I think Wentz will elevate his game. I think Peterson's a great coach. Probably the best. Uh, uh, you could argue besides, I mean, Garrett's a bum and Shermer's the, the jury's out on him. But those are two of the two of the better coaches in the NFL, Peterson and Jay Gruden. I can get behind that. Peterson definitely better than Gruden, I think. Yeah, uh, but yeah, upper half. Gruden's yeah. in the upper half. But yeah, Peterson is in the top ten. So Philly's been disappointing this year. Um, a couple other teams really haven't lived up to what what we expected. Uh, we talked a little bit about Philly. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to throw in on that. No, just that they, they got to get their they got to they got to get in in gear. I'll pass it to you. Who's disappointed you the most? It's got to be Jacksonville. It's got to be Jacksonville. I mean, I figured last season Blake Bortles was just like a fluke because the year before he was actually pretty good, but I guess two years ago was a a fool. Uh, like I believe that, and then. I guess this is the real Blake Bortles that he just can't do anything. He just looks awful. The, the defense doesn't have the same swagger that they had last year either. Well, that and I think they're tired of the same old offense for the second straight year now, not be able to get them points and not be able to extend drives, not to get them the rest that they need in between drives. Not having Fournette hurts. Their um, their turnover differential is in the toilet this year, which is where they're struggling. They're not taking the ball away nearly as much as they did last year, and they're turning it over at a much higher rate. I, and you can't win the ball when you you can't win the game when you're turning the ball over time and time and time again. No, I think Ramsey. I think he was just talking too loud. I think he needs to shut up. Man. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna talk shit like that, you want to be like prime time. Back it up. Yeah. This, this defense, like you got, like you said, the turnover dif- differential is horrendous. And it's not even that. It's when he talks all week and then they get destroyed and he sits at his locker and has nothing to say to the reporters. Oh, yeah. You got to own up to it. Oh, yeah. I agree. I completely agree. Um, 
My most disappointing team is is my Green Bay Packers oh, so far this year. Yeah, we knew that was coming. <laughs> Six weeks in, this was supposed to be, I've said this before, the quote-unquote easier part of their schedule. They're sitting at 3-2-1, and one, going into an absurdly tough stretch of games these next five weeks, at the Rams this week, at the Patriots next week, home against Miami, which should be a win. Miami blows. Right off that, they have at Seattle on Thursday night, short week. So Miami is your classic trap game there, coming off a road game in New England, and then a short week at Seattle the week after. And then after Seattle, they've got the rematch with Minnesota um, in Minneapolis. So that those five games could define their season right there. I was hoping they would have four or five wins in the bank at this point coming into the stretch. They only have three. Um, really, the... Uh, only thing saving them is the fact that nobody's pulled away from their division yet. They're sitting in second place. Chicago dropped from first place all the way down Third. to fourth in one week by losing the oh, Pats. They're fourth now? They're yeah. fourth, yeah. Wow. Percentage points or uh, division record or something behind uh, Detroit. They're both three and three. Um, but it's uh, this team had such high expectations coming into this year with Rodgers coming back completely healthy, drafting three big name wide receivers in the draft who can all kind of bring something different to the table. They got a stallion of running backs to go to. They signed Jimmy Graham. Another year of Devontae Adams off his big contract. And that offense just hasn't looked in sync so far through six games. And I feel like the numbers are misleading because they are fourth in total yards per game and fourth in passing. But it just, that's not what my eyes tell me when I watch. So I'm coming in unbiased on this and not a fantasy perspective, but like stat perspective as well. It uh, looks like Aaron Jones is putting up the best numbers out of the running backs. Why is he not getting the lion's share of the carries? Why? Have you been reading Packers Twitter before we get on? No. <laughs> I, 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 we follow a lot of Packers Twitter on uh, our Twitter page, so I have seen it once or twice. I don't get it. I, I don't know. He's so explosive, and he's so quick, and he breaks tackles seemingly in his sleep and and they keep slamming Jamal Williams up the middle into brick walls. Uh, I, I love all their running backs. I love yeah. Williams. I love Ty Montgomery. Yeah. I love Aaron Jones. I think they can all, they all have very unique skill sets and can all get a certain job done, but I don't know why they're not running Aaron Jones more, man. He's so dynamic. He breaks a big run literally every time he touches the ball. It seems mm-hmm. like once a drive, once a quarter, he's busting off a big one. I don't know if some of it is the fact that he, he was suspended the first two weeks. He had a, an injury in training camp, so I don't know if they're kind of easing him into that role, if they want to keep him fresh for the home stretch or what it is. Yeah. But I think he's got to touch the ball more. Well, Rodgers endorsed him, right? Rodgers loves him. Rodgers loves him. I think it's in huge part to McCarthy. I mean, he's the one calling the plays. He's got to put the personnel out there, and I – not too happy with his play calling right now. And, I'm not too happy at all this season. That's getting it's getting overblown too. If you look at the tape, which I don't, I see people on Twitter look at the tape and then tell me what they <laughs> see. There are guys running open. There are plays to be had, and Rogers either just isn't trusting what he's seeing, or his knees bothering him more than more than he's saying, and he can't get out of the pocket and extend plays. The guys are open. They're just they're just not executing and not hitting those plays when they're there. Which is it's resulting in stalled drives, which is resulting in big leads for the opponent, which is I mean, they're going into panic mode every week. They're down twenty points against Chicago, down twenty points against Washington, down twenty four against Detroit. 
you can't live like that. And more rhythm on offense will help avoid those holes. Now I'm sad. <laughs> uh, Sorry, buddy. How about uh, who's looked good to you guys? Who, who surprised you on the positive side of that spectrum? Uh, well, definitely it's Washington. My guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, if we're going to keep on this, I, I would have thought Washington would have been dead last in the division. Never even thought they would they'd muster up a couple wins, but I'm not a clue that they'd be leading the division and then looking like they're going to run away with it. Now, I'll, there's, there's one that's obvious to me, but I know you have it, so I'll say that for you. <laughs> um, Baltimore might be another one of the – they might be probably one of my bigger surprises this year. I thought for sure that Flacco was going to lose his job to Lamar Jackson. You were big on Lamar Jackson. I was at the huge start on Lamar Jackson. I still think he's he's played a nice little role in that offense. Nice little niche player. Um, but yeah, no, that defense has played played really well. The John Brown he's revitalized he's revitalized his career from Arizona. There's there's a ton of talent on that team, and Flacco just is Flacco. <laughs> Flacco's played well. Um, I think they're better than their four and three record indicates. Yeah, they've had some tough games against the Saints, which I, I legitimately Browns, lost. Like, I lost sleep over Justin Tucker's missed PAT. I, I was shook. Boy. My boy, my world was rocked when that happened. I had Saints, so I will gladly appreciate that. But yeah, uh, that was very surprising. I'm a Justin Tucker stan, and that killed me. That that hurt. That hurt. The most accurate kicker of all time, right? Of all time, yeah, 212 out of 212 in PATs in his pro career, and uh, and he doinked that one with. The, he hasn't uh, missed it. Um, a field goal under 35. I don't. I don't think he's missed one under 50 in like a long time either. Yeah, but you can fact check me on that. But you but. can also, in his entire career, he's been perfect under 35. Yeah, he's so, he's so good. I think he's the best kicker. He's easily the best kicker in the league. He's the best kicker I've ever seen. Um, I still think Vinatieri. I might think Vinatieri on that, but I'd say Vinatieri has it just because of the kicks he's made. The clutchness, the, the yeah. clutchness of Vinatieri would give him that boost. But Tucker by far is the most accurate kicker I've ever seen. So, um, I went to Lambeau Field last year and I saw them play the Ravens, mm-hmm. and went inside the stadium early. I like to get in as early as I can and watch the players warm up and stuff. And watching Tucker kick field goals with no snap, no rush. It yeah. was one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen with my own two eyes. 60 out of 100. It was <laughs> unbelievable. It, I mean, you watch him kick it, and you're just watching the ball, and it's still going up and still going up and still going up. <laughs> yeah. And it, it doesn't look real when you see it live. It, yeah. it just looks different than it does on, on TV. But, man, that, that was impressive. That was a ton of fun. Um. My team is uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I, that I, was the yeah, that's I, the one I was gonna go. To. I think they're not getting too much love because they're in that division with the Chiefs, who are taking the world by storm. Sitting there at five and two, their only two losses are to the Chiefs and at the Rams. Right. So their two, resume, yep, their two losses, if we're talking quality losses, which mm-hmm. we have nothing in the NFL, um, <laughs> they, they'd be sitting top five at the college right. <laughs> yeah, they're right in there. That's thirteen and one combined record. The teams that have beat them. I, I think Philip Rivers is playing awesome. I think I'm knocking on wood. That injury history, man. Pet cemetery. <laughs> something's coming. <laughs> something's coming. Uh-huh. But that, that defense has been better than advertised, I think. Um, Melvin Gordon's been awesome. Eckler has been outstanding yes. as their change of pace guy. Mm-hmm. Antonio Gates is still catching passes from the retirement home down the street. 
Keenan Allen is good. Mike Tyrell Williams, Williams has Tyrell been incredible. Williams, yeah. uh, that team's rolling. They were, that team looks a lot better now than I than I thought they were going to. And they're getting Bosa back too. And getting Bosa back, yeah, which is only going to make them better. Uh-huh. Um, so I mean, a lot going on. Always some stuff to look forward to next week. I didn't know uh, we had some some tough some tough losses with the Kansas City over and and Atlanta <sighs> blowing in at the end. What do we get this week, guys? We got to get back on the board. Uh, let's see. I am. I know we just talked pro, but I'm going to switch this right back to college. Take it. What do we like? Lock of the week. I'm going Iowa plus six at Happy Valley. I think Penn State and Trace McSorley are on the decline. I know. I know. I just said earlier in the episode that outside of Iowa City, Iowa is a very different team. But my my gut is just telling me. I was going to keep it close. I'm taking them plus six. I like it. How many I, units? Uh, one unit? I currently have not one unit. Let's see how I feel later on in the week. We'll stay one unit. I like yeah. it. I'm, uh, I'm looking at these lines right now, and I see uh, Washington State is getting three at Stanford. And Stanford has not looked good since they lost to Notre Dame. And Washington State came out last week fired. They looked great, and I think this is a steal. I'm putting two units on Washington State plus three. Woo! Confidence. I like that. Also, and a little trick that my dad taught me back in the day um, is that if Notre Dame was ever um, favored by more than 17 points, they never cover. Currently, it's at uh, Navy's getting 24 right now. You bet put that Notre Dame. Put, I mean, I did last time against Pitt, and that worked out because they were favored <laughs> twenty-one and a half. I feel like that's something bad juju, man. I just, how do you bet against your team? I know I, I'm not betting against my team. I'm betting that they're not going to win by twenty-one or twenty-four points. That's that's tough. Um, I'm not taking Navy money line. You won't do it, no balls. Do it. I'm definitely not doing <laughs> it. So last week I hit my lock of the week, Washington minus one. I thought that was a gimme. I thought Dallas stunk. Washington came in. By the time we got to Sunday, I rechecked the line, and the line had moved to Dallas plus one. Or I'm sorry, Dallas minus one, which I burst out laughing when I saw that. Double down on Washington immediately. Give me the money line. Washington wins. It only took a snap infraction and a missed field goal off the post to get it, but we never apologize for wins. Hey, but that doesn't count in Vegas. That's right. That's right. So this week I'm taking Minnesota Vikings hosting the New Orleans Saints over 53. I think Minnesota's defense has not been up to snuff so far this year. New Orleans can score on anybody, and they can't stop anybody. How many units, my good sir? I'm going one unit. Uh, Minnesota at home always has the ability to kind of turn that on and tighten it up a little bit. Drew Brees is playing at an MVP-type level this year. Um, I think we cruise to 53 points. I think we're looking at 59, 60, 85 points. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Washington State plus three. Washington State plus three. Iowa, Iowa plus, plus six. six. Minnesota, New Orleans over 53. Guys, good luck this week. Make well, some money. We do. We we made a lot of money last week. Big thanks. Big shout out to Sports Dogma. Sports right Dogma is on fire with college it's picks. insane right now. Absolutely insane. Nine and two, right? College info? I don't know what it is. That yeah, sounds last, right. Last, last week, they were nine and two. But the dude doesn't miss. Give him a follow uh, if you like putting some some bones on the uh, um, on the games. Give us a follow. Shoot us a tweet. Send us an email. 
at BTW underscore the hashes. Uh, James, CJ, John, you can find all of us on social media. Um, follow our accounts. Yeah, buddy. And we'll see you next time. Go Irish. Go Blue. Go Pack. Go. <laughs>